Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britt. And I'm special guest Matt Collins. On November 23rd, 2008, Guns N' Roses released Chinese Democracy. And we're going to talk about it. All one hour and 11 minutes of it. This is part two of <laughs> Getting Chinese, a democracy cast. <laughs> Every, okay, so one thing actually that I think about a lot, Mr. Matt Collins, is the bass that you played in the Devil Bass. The Devil Bass. I love <laughs> the Devil Bass. Uh, no, no, yeah. That was made by Greg's dad or something. Is that right? It was. Yeah. It's a it's a Walt Roland original. I'll I'll go grab it. I oh, you got it! Still. Hell yeah! Oh! I'm stoked as fuck right now. I'm excited for this now. <laughs> I love this bingo parlor. I. <laughs> I really this like I, I, I kind of, I, I, I kind of wish your background was like an Arby's like dining room. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It should be. Hey, there, we go. there he is. Dude. Uh, you know what? All right. it's, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn off my too, green yeah? screen. Sorry about the clutter, oh, but no, you know, that's just I, my life these days. I don't, yeah. I don't care. It, it's everyone's life. Like if you could see my room outside of exactly how I frame this, yeah, like, I literally just is push up. the trash right beyond the frames. <laughs> and then yeah, so, same. So like I, Hey, I, there he is. Sick, ah, it's him. great to see him. Yes. I know. Hell I mean I did yeah. not deserve this base at all. I don't I don't know if it's actually particularly good. The action <laughs> seems really tough over here. Uh, on the yeah, neck. no, I, uh -huh. I played it, I believe, uh briefly. Uh you let me play it when we played a show together and I'm like I mean this is a interesting instrument. It's not a bad instrument, it's just yeah. like you know, made it's it's obviously like one of the first it's probably the first base this guy ever made, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it's not yes. a bad no, base, but it's like a, a obviously a guy who's good at construction, but maybe isn't a musician making something. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean he always I mean, you know, Walt's awesome and he plays a lot of acoustic guitar and okay. when I was growing up going over to Greg's house, sorry for the long uh no. long story, I'll make it quicker, but he would always play uh, Deep Blue Something's Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my oh, god. We have talked about <laughs> And what? I said, what about breakfast, breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> so, so we actually, uh, one of our recent episodes is called Breakfast at Bucketheads. Uh, and we talk and about that song for like yeah. an hour. We, like, we did. I cut, I, cut it, I cut it down. It's only like 52 minutes now of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, I, mean, I guess you guys probably covered everything about it then. But yeah. And every time I would go over to Greg's house, sooner or later... Mm -hmm. Walt would go into his room and play Breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, see, like just by see, himself. We, we talked about it so long that we actually already covered <laughs> Walt in him listening to that song, even though we've never met the guy. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, he's good at construction and everything, and you know, I don't this half of a jawline I right here. It's really on good. The headstock. I, I think one of my prized possessions is still like the guitar strap that's a seatbelt. Oh, that's, that's, that's a fun one. Yeah. That's you know, great. when I was eighteen, I thought that was just the coolest thing. Oh, or the, it's the, the, still the pretty belt cool. Belt, or the yeah, the seatbelt belt. You remember that? I I, I wore a seatbelt belt for many years. Really? Actually, yeah. I always wanted one, yeah. especially like you yeah. know, like a Pontiac one or a Christ, you know, like an old school one. Because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you guys' backgrounds look so nice. I need to get some colored lights or something. I need mm -hmm. vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In my life. It's, yeah. it's, it's called bison. My, li my life is just so vacant to vibe. Uh, we're, I'll, we're, I'll, uh, I'll do that. Yeah. We're I'll living. Make that a 
a goal for 2021. Mm-hmm. We're living I, aesthetically. Yeah, and so so here's mm-hmm. here's the deal. Spencer would not be looking this cool, but I, I gifted him for his birthday these lights. This is true. And this so, is true. So, Except for the light that's they, facing me. That's a that's a the light I built. Oh yes, Ooh. that's right. You, you you but you wanted to put that in your bathroom and you fucked it up, so you just ended up putting it at that right. Uh, well, it's actually a longer, more, less interesting story than that. But cool, don't sort tell of. Anyway. I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, better is a, I think a pretty good song for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it has that driving like a verse section, and secondly, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, Mr. Matt Collins, mm-hmm. it does something a little bit different. Um, it sounds like an like a. It doesn't sound like Guns N' Roses, but you have that Axl Rose voice, which is interesting, and uh, it's different. I feel like if the whole album was songs l- like that, or like you know, in the sense of like they're rock songs, but you know they're a little bit different. There's electronic elements, that kind of stuff. I think it could have been a much more interesting album. And I'm I'm always disappointed when I get to that point in the album and I listen to that song and I'm like, oh, I hope there's more stuff like this and there just isn't at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. There's there's other good tracks on the album though, I think. Like um on and honestly, the only track on the album I think really sounds like an actual Guns N' Roses song, at least from like Appetite for Destruction era, is um mm-hmm. uh Raid in the Bedouins. Uh, track yeah. nine, yeah, like it's, it's which track kinda, is that? Uh, track nine, yeah. Um, it it really kind of sounds like a GNR song, and it, it's kind of uh, it's got a okay riff. It's it's rocking the whole way through. There's not too much of Axl Rose just layering vocals on top of vocals on top of vocals, which is good because the song immediately before that one, track eight, is oh, yes. entirely oh, that. Oh yes, uh, like, scraped or scrap, scraped, scraped. Yes, yeah, so scrapped, scrapped, um, scraped, uh, whatever it is, <laughs> scrapped. Uh, yeah, the especially it starts off with vocal harmonies that are just like it, yeah. this horrible they're early so horrible. 2000s auto-tuned the 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 note that i add for that one is ah fucking weirdo voice intro mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's so obviously <laughs> no. auto-tuned just poorly enough to where it's obvious and yeah it sounds like a terrible george michael song <laughs> you're about to kick into it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. you get like you're almost excited and you're like oh what happened to george mm-hmm. and then uh Everything just kind of falls and, apart. And so I think one of the problems with this album and something that makes me super sad is all of the um, songs with a lot of Buckethead, both riffing and soloing, are usually accompanied by terrible, terrible vocals. And, uh, and like I think uh, that's emblematic in the song uh, 10, uh, Sorry. Um, ah. it's a very Buckethead song. Like I, I, uh, you know, he, it's one of the ones he's credited with a lot. Um, the song's only actually credited to Axl Rose, uh, Buckethead, uh, Brain, Ryan Mantia, and, uh, a guy, um, Scarato. Um, but all of the solos are played by Buckethead. Uh, most of the guitars are done by Buckethead, except for the acoustic guitar, which is done by, uh, Robin Fink. Um, and the, the vocals though are just so goddamn bad that like it, it makes the whole song just suck. And I don't, I don't care about the song at all. 
Yeah, there's just more axle on top of more axle. Yeah, yeah. and right. Give Buckethead like a little bit of a spotlight, maybe you know, because that's like he's there to shred, man. Right. That's yeah. why you hired him, right? Like you get a massive shredder, mm. you get this great personality, and then he's hiring him. I feel like just to show the world that he's better than Buckethead. Like, no, I hired the guy. He works for me, right. Axel Rose. So I'm going to sing on top of his noodling. Right. And, and it, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's weird and sad, too, because I feel like, I mean, this could have been an actual band effort, but this was such a studio effort. And it's mm-hmm. not like a fucking Steely Dan album to where there was this, like, grand vision of just bringing in all of the best musicians in the world and, like, choosing the best tracks from everything it's like well it's funny that you you bring up steely dan because like i feel like in in the case of steely dan right they had the songs written the songs were written they were just hiring different people to play the songs like i right. feel like in in this case the songs weren't written like mm-hmm. axel rose Absolutely. was like go yeah. come in and like help me write a song right. and then like yeah it was bad and, and, and that's <laughs> the thing is is this is the um one of the greatest commercializations of the creative process ever recorded. This the al- this album cost fucking thirteen million dollars, <laughs> and it, it spanned <laughs> it's it spanned what like twelve thirteen years. It was insane. So, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. It took fifteen years from its inception in the beginning of recording until the time it was uh, released. It took a third of Axl Rose's life. Uh, when he began recording at LA's <laughs> studio complex in 93, he was 31 years old. Uh, uh-huh. On November 24th, um, uh, 2008, he was 46. Oof. A third of wow. his fucking life. That's amazing. Like, thinking about that now, it's like... It, <sighs> That's like if I started working on an album when I was 17 and it was just now coming out. Right? I mean, that's the same amount. Yeah, it's... Yeah. that That's insane. Yeah. And is it really going to be that good, right? Like, you put <laughs> so much pressure on yourself. And so many of these songs mm-hmm. are about Axel wanting you to get off his back. Oh, they are. Like, leave they me are. alone. Right. Yeah chill out and uh-huh. it's like is this album about making the album is that kind of like his take. growth all of his emotions while making this thing take. like yeah. it would have been such a happier album if he had just crapped something out right, right? right. like at least there's a better probability of some accidental magic instead of uh-huh. needling every single thing because i'm guessing that obviously axel rose doesn't play the longest game. He's not playing 4D chess here, right? <laughs> it's it's one part after another, and 15 years yeah. can't really help with that, right? Certainly. And in as much like maybe the the concept of the album, there's something to be said about the title of the album in that Chinese democracy was, you know, oh God. conceptualized when like China was not seen as in any way a democracy, and in any way, in many ways, it's still not. And so it's about contradictions, and maybe he was making a statement on the system that was asking him to make the super corporate album that he didn't want to, but it ended up being the most corporate album to ever exist. Yeah, 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 that is pretty interesting. You know, you know what really 
chafes my bacon or whatever. I don't know what the phrase what is. What the fuck was that? Don't, Shut up. I, I'm, I'm um, editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, this is what bothers me, right? These fucking prima donnas, these Axl Rose motherfuckers, like... So he was 31 when he started working on this album, right? Like, I'm 32. If somebody was like, here's infinite money to make an album, I'd have an album done in a month. And it would be good. And, like, I would be proud of it. And then I'd be like, cool, I'm going to make another album. Badass. And then I would just Mm -hmm. keep doing it. Because, like, I don't give a shit. They're paying me infinite money pretty much to make whatever corporate bullshit they want. Like, cool. That's easy. Let me do that. But he's such a fucking prima donna that he's like, nah, I'm going to take 15 years and then put out something bad. Because fuck right. you. I mean, but there was there was a, <laughs> I, I feel like a legitimate, he wanted to make like one of the best albums ever, you know? And his albums, for some reason, like Use Your Illusion got like really good critical ratings. And like, he was a critical darling for a while. And then they made like the spaghetti incident. And like, everyone's like, nah, maybe not. Um, but for a while he was seen, you know, Axl Rose was kind of seen in the critical world as the potential for like the new age of like artistic, like metal and artistic rock. Um, in a he, way. Yeah, sure. And, and he just like, I mean, he, he just like, you know, shelved off and just didn't deliver. And then when he finally put out the thing that was so anticipated and he had been working on for 15 years uh you know it just it didn't live up to what it should have been like Mm -hmm. if you were working on any piece of art for 15 years Mm -hmm. it should be like fully fucking realized yeah but it's just like a, a weird combination of like a lot of the best it's like the best of la studio guitarists the album yeah, and, it feels uh, like. And, if, go ahead. Oh, and no one really cared, is what I was, you know, saying. Like by the time he actually released the album, mm-hmm. he had had so many years <laughs> of domestic abuse, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fucking over his fans, mm-hmm. uh, shitty concerts, just like not really, just not being a good dude. That the world continued on without him Mm -hmm. and when the album was released there was very little press written about it Mm -hmm. you know any kind of press that was coming out they were saying oh my god can you actually believe that it's happening right Mm -hmm. right it was like a meme of an album pre-meme almost Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then of course uh dr pepper saying that they would give everyone a dr pepper and then they didn't give everyone a dr pepper and you know what no one cared (laughs) no one even cared to like hold them to it they were like you know what he's got cornrows now i don't even care about this Mm. yeah Yeah. um so unfortunately he was in his own mind you know axel rose is kind of like the white trash bono Uh right where he kind of has a messiah complex but unlike bono he can't get along with his bandmates. Uh-huh. At least Bono has the edge and the other two guys to where they're <laughs> able to function as as a studio entity where Axl Rose puts it all on himself, the ultimate micromanager to uh-huh. where it's all his responsibility and no one is good enough or they wear out their welcome or maybe Axel's the one that wears out his welcome. That's probably why everyone got paid so much. Mm-hmm. It's like a mm-hmm. uh, scene from an 80s action flick where it's like, hey, we need you for a job. No way, I'm out. It's with Axel. 
fuck off. And then they have to slide this number on a piece of paper across the table. <laughs> Person rolls their eyes going, one more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love to know more about like the early days of this project because I like listening to those songs. Like I remember when I first listened to this album and like it's it stayed it rings true even now when I listen to it, but when I listen to these songs I think like these songs were recorded in like 2005. Like there yeah. is no fucking way that like these are songs that were recorded in the 90s. Like it, no, it just definitely not. No. And, and so so uh <clears throat> there's pretty much no tracks uh, that still exist from the 90s in this album. Almost all of them were re-recorded in some way. Um, yeah. And, like, every time they changed drummers, which was four times over the recording of this album, they mostly had, like, uh, the new drummer record the parts, even if they, were, you know, credited the previous drummer with writing the parts. Yeah, like, how, <clears throat> how do you get a, a project to that kind of a level? I wonder. Like, because if you've already paid that person to perform on your record, like, whatever. Like, if they, they're they not going to be in the band anymore. Like, you get somebody else, but you don't need to re-record the parts. Like, why? Why? <laughs> like, what's the point? I don't know. And, and maybe it's, like, maybe it's a lot of, like, just putting musicians on salary like he did. Because, like, we've talked before about how, like, Buckethead just had to, like, pretty much go into the studio for, like, a 40-hour-a-week job and just re-record the same things over and over for basically no reason. That seems insane. Like, I want to know the reason, though. Like, it's so fascinating to me. Why? Why, Axl Rose? Why? And so the thing is, too, like, a lot of his tracks were just recorded over by Bumblefoot and just made, like, not as soulful. Um, If there was ever an album that needed a documentary, that needed a some mm -hmm. kind of monster, cameras are rolling... It's this one. Yeah. And I mean, Axel doesn't strike me as the kind of person that wants cameras around mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. Like, probably for good was, reason. <laughs> yeah. If he was a better, you know, egomaniac. Now, I mean, nowadays, yeah, maybe. You know, everyone's recording everything. There's like a three hour, you know, Machine Gun Kelly documentary. But like in something like this, that would be, mm-hmm. you know, that would be awesome. That would be worth all of it. Totally. Right? Totally. Be to a documentary on how on what the fuck this is. <laughs> Maybe we'll get something when Axel dies. Like how has no one written about it? Because at the very least there's some sort, there's something yeah. to be mine here. Right? Yeah. And there's like, like a fuck ton of people that, that played on this album and worked yeah. on this album. Like so many people were involved with this. Like, God. I want someone to go and talk to all of these people and be like, what the fuck happened? Like, I feel why, like, I feel like why? y'all are challenging me to do this. Cause you know, I'm already like deep into the, fucking buckethead research <laughs> let's get you should try man let's get I bet they all signed like um non-disclosure yeah, probably, agreements yeah, so we're gonna right. have to wait till axel's right. dead for anyone to finally be like okay i got it. at the same time i feel like bumblefoot's like finally he's like he has his book already written like, all right here we go but but the book is written entirely in tabs <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, nah, Bumblefoot would never turn on Axel. That dude's a fucking bootlicker. Like, we don't like Bumblefoot on this podcast. Uh, okay, well, uh, Brain, <laughs> or, you know, whoever the fuck Yeah, Brain rules. Brain, Brain's a real motherfucker. But Bumblefoot, yeah, he definitely, he's a, he's a turncoat motherfucker. 
Spencer, what's your McDonald's glass? Uh, this is one of the uh, 1995 Batman Forever commemorative yeah, McDonald's boy. glasses, yeah. of which I am drinking wine out of. Look at oh, that. Yeah. Um, so these things, I find them at thrift stores all the time. And like every time I find them, I buy them. So I have like, I have two or three of each of the four designs in my cupboard right now. That's like almost the only glasses I have. Sick. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I approve. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great, pretty great. Uh, the the uh, Riddler one, or is it Riddler? No, the Two Face one. It has like a flipping coin as the uh, the handle. It's pretty mm. cool looking. I like it. I remember those. Those are great. Good. Mm. I'm glad you have that. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you noticed. I was going to talk about it and I forgot. So thank you for reminding me. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it a while ago, and I just saw like a, a McDonald's glass at an antique shop or you know whatever mm-hmm. thrift store the other day, and so I was like, oh, I, I got my eye out for McDonald's. Yeah, so uh, these things, weirdly enough, even though they're like super like nostalgic and they're fun and they're very like they they're cool looking design and they're they're very like you know I don't know they're they're quite a pop culture thing from that that point in time. They're still like very cheap to get on the internet. Um, you can buy like a full set of these for like fifteen bucks on eBay. Like, oh wow! Like they're like nothing. So it, McDonald's has made so many of them. That's probably you know? the case. Like because I, e- even in Seattle, I find them at thrift stores regularly. Like they're not uncommon. So I don't know. What I really like about Seattle was the uh, like the Wiccan section mm. of the U District. Oh yeah, like there's just a bunch of tarot shops and oh, shit. Yeah, and yeah. yeah there, was really into the, that. The, the gargoyle always... statuary. Yeah, and, the gargoyle um, store. That's a big uh, one. Yeah, w- the the occultist bookstore. I forget mm-hmm. the name of that place, but that place yeah. is dope. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of those places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, what I will say is that um, I think that stuff is very fun uh, that it exists, but also like unfortunately the people that i tend to find myself like romantically involved with take that stuff seriously (laughs) which Mm. is an insane thing to do (laughs) um so like i can't (laughs) i don't know (laughs) you know you got a mcdonald's glass yeah yeah (laughs) this is my tarot i will say that's true i'm with you i'm with you (laughs) tarot bitches are quite tasty so i do not yeah i mean i'm not hating like i i you know I have dated a fair number of those, so... Yeah. Oh, all right, I'm sorry. we got to go for one more of these. Axelfax, Axelfax, Axel Rose is a jack-off, Axelfax. Uh, included in the people who came in to record um, for Chinese Democracy was Shaquille O'Neal. What? <laughs> whose guest rap uh, did not make the final cut. What? <laughs> um, he was uh, in the studio recording for his solo project in the 90s, um, uh, his solo rap project, and he uh, says, I saw Guns N' Roses on the bulletin board of the studio, so I stuck my head in. Um, they asked me to join them, so I started freestyling over their track. Did not yes. make the cut. I bet he just did that too. Like no one was like, "Hey, Shaq, you know, why don't you get on the mic?" He just, he's you just know, like, played the yo, beat and got yo, on it. turn, turn it up in my headphones. Turn the bucket <laughs> head up in my headphones. 
Do you this think Buckethead was there? Buckethead, but no, no, this is far pre-Buckethead. This is like seven okay. years before Buckethead joined the band. Wow, imagine that. Imagine a 90s Guns N' Roses song with a Shaquille O'Neal guest verse. I would Amazing. love it, to be honest. That would be so good. Amazing. Yeah, I think Axel really screwed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully we get these. Hopefully when he dies, we get like a Prince vault kind of situation mm-hmm. where... We just have access to all of this stuff, to all of the stems, or you know, just buried somewhere. <laughs> I, I hope yeah. it's a shack wrap. I hope there's just like an album out there that can someday be made, just called Shaxel Rose. <laughs> <sighs> Man, if Girl Talk were still around, that would be the mashup that right? I needed. Oh yeah, that would so really good. bring a lot to my life. Yeah, I bet in the uh, Shack verse. He said he rhymed Paradise City with titty. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) That's what I want. That's Uh, the future liberals want right there. Anything else on this album? Catcher in the Rye? That was stupid. Also, I'm sorry. uh, (laughs) Also, uh, going back to Shaq, the line, uh, wine, dine, 69, you know you're a sweet child of mine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i believe that oh, must that's have a good been one put, that's yes. a pretty good one yeah. uh, <laughs> creepy but good <laughs> yeah now that i think about it that is creepy <laughs> but apparently that's where my mind goes when i'm just like trying to uh pull from the ether hey it wasn't you man you were in character as Shaq. It's oh there you go ah, thank yeah, you yeah. i really so uh, i can still not make three pointers in that case <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I'm looking through my notes here on this album, and it's, like, it's just, like, me talking about the first three songs, being like, oh, this is fine, and then it's just me complaining about the ballads. Every single ballad, I'm like, fuck this ballad. Like, that's... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ballads, and it's it's not all ballads all the way down, like, um, like, most of them are ballads, yeah, 13, 14... I, I like twelve. Twelve is a ballad, but it's it's kind of more like it's got this um, slightly more upbeat. Yeah, it's more upbeat, and it has like this electronic beat thing. It's almost like a U uh, two uh, at Chung Baby type like reinvention of the GNR sound. And I thought honestly, Madagascar should have been the opening track to this album. Um, Which track was that? Uh, track twelve. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. it's the one with like a really cool intro, um, and then it's got like a pretty good vocals and a beat that's like very modern and electronic uh and then it's also mm-hmm. got a fucking sick buckethead solo it does uh, and, yeah, but a- the, uh, the one thing i didn't like is there was like a chorus with just a bunch of like movie samples over it i, yeah, oh, I think right, he went yeah. back to cool hand luke that's what oh, was uh, that, cool that hand song luke? is kind of famous oh, okay, for okay is uh he goes back to the civil war mm. well you know what we have here is a f- you know, failure to communicate. But, oh, right, right, right. You know, that's the only famous line from Cool Hand Luke right. other than eating 50 uh, hard-boiled eggs. Right, right, right. <laughs> God, um, I, I watched that. And this, I mean, movie. these references are way too old for you guys. So, no, yeah, I, I, uh, I watched that movie because my dad would incessantly be like, what we have here is a failure to communicate when I was young. And so, like, eventually, like, me and my brother were like, What's that fucking thing, like, Sir says from Cool... We should just watch Cool Hand Luke so we can, like, understand it. And we watched it and we're like, yeah, this movie kind of sucks. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's of its time. And then, 
you know, I don't know. Uh, Axl Rose tried to grab some more tasty bits from it, but um, I didn't realize that was so it was for not. Yeah, it was not. I, I thought it was from um, the uh, the animated film Madagascar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I thought I the like song was about it, too. Move it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can actually quote that because I've never <laughs> seen that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there you go. Man, prostitute what's up with that final track I, I, like, I, he's just really laying it uh, out for you after yeah. all of this time of him whining yeah and he's like i'm gonna go out on one more so it, it's it, yeah it is a whiny ballad um and it starts with like this weird cheap backbeat um that it sounds like he bought from a guy on like youtube or fiverr for like 40 bucks um <laughs> and then it gets kind of cool uh like when strings come in because uh, like the string arrangement's actually like good, um, yeah. It, it becomes like fairly dynamic. Like it's not like all gain or anything, but it's like six minutes long, and it probably doesn't need to be that. Uh, but there's a yeah, fucking it, it like it's prostitute. It's not like Madam Butterfly or something, right, you know? Right. Like it's <laughs> yeah. a skeezy title, and then it's like eh, no bordello. Yeah, right? it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. Now it's, it's trying to be too classy. I think that like that was part of his uh, intention there, probably, mm-hmm. is he was like, oh, we have the song. It's really pretty. It's got this really like beautiful orchestral section, like, but it's like, but it's like trashy. I need it to be like bait and switch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what if what if a R slash Red Pill did Civil War? <laughs> it's been this entire album. I mean, this is like anti-vaxxer music. Like, move over, <laughs> Ariel Pink. You know, like this is the soundtrack to to Parlor I mean, right here. Is this fucking album? There, there is right because he's like AOC. They're bringing Chinese democracy <laughs> to America. <laughs> there, there is definitely an undertone of um, like, like, I guess like male grievance culture to this entire album. Yeah, especially like, in that song where he's complaining about the government a bunch, mm, and he's just talking yeah. shit. You know, that's like, all about like him having to pay back taxes at some. Yeah, point, right? it is. <laughs> Which like, is like, well, you shouldn't have spent thirteen million dollars making this album, you dumbass. <laughs> you could have bought a fucking another yacht with that money, doofus. Why didn't you write it off as a business as a business expense? You shit. Yeah, what are we living in a Chinese democracy? <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, it, it was nice that Axl Rose has come out against uh, Trump. Yeah, you know, I did like that. I, I I expected him to be a Trumper, and like when he was like, "Nah, fuck that guy." I was like, I was actually like, I was like, "Wow, Axl, like maybe maybe you're not as bad as I know you are." No, you know he's just as bad as he is. He's just like you know he has he lives in L.A. and he does not want to be ostracized. <laughs> Yeah, he was just jealous he didn't think of it first. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Could you like, imagine an Axl Rose administration? Yes, like, if he was president? Yes, we, we just lived through it, okay? <laughs> we literally just spent four years under Axl Rose America, all right? <laughs> I don't know. I and think... I didn't get my Dr. Pepper. Yeah, we yeah, just lived oh, four mm-hmm. years in a Chinese democracy, dog. <laughs> Whoa. We 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 just lived four years in a spaghetti incident. <laughs> what was the the incident with spaghetti that? that I, I think I think that's that. what we should actually uh, reference the uh, the the Capitol Hill insurrection now <laughs> in history as is the spaghetti incident because it was just like 
I mean, it was like it was like they planned it instead of like on a sheet of paper on just a pile of spaghetti. Um, <laughs> they're like, where are the plans? Oh, they're right here. Ugh, it's so <laughs> wet and falling <laughs> through my hands. Those just noodling all over the place. <laughs> it was a mess. That's what it was. It was... <laughs> It wasn't like the, they come, came up with a spaghetti incident because, like, somebody fucked a pile of spaghetti or something stupid like that. It's like the, some the American pie immature... of spaghetti. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 um, American uh, spaghetti. <laughs> you know, Axel, it feels just like a warm plate of spaghetti. <laughs> this, this, was, this was the Italian version of American pie. <laughs> Italian Vincenzo, pie. have you ever fucked a pussy? It feels like just like the warm plate of spaghetti with the meatball and bolognese. <laughs> and then, like, Vincenzo later, he's on the counter, and his dad, who is also somehow playing by Eugene Levy walks in. Yeah, of course. Oh, of my, course. Go, oh my God. Uh, Vincenzo. Let's not tell your mama about this. <laughs> mama Mia does not need to know about this. <laughs> mama Mia 3. Here we go again, plate of spaghetti. Oh, fuck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, we really should name this episode just like a warm plate of spaghetti, though. We've already had like three titles. No, point. that's the best one. Okay. Put them all on there. Okay. <laughs> Don't skip one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think anyone returns this album or is this album just for podcasts like this? I like honestly, that's something that I thought about a lot. That's a really good question. And like that was something that I thought about listening to this. I was like, is this gonna make any kind of a resurgence? anytime ever again and i think the answer is probably no with the exception yeah. of maybe the song better but no shut up stop standing that song that, that song's the, okay just because you kind of like one song doesn't mean like anyone's gonna revisit it like, i know but i, I think it's the like, most like musically interesting of all the here, songs but like no one's gonna come back to this probably it, not. it's it is this is the closest thing to a um a high budget like musical vanity project i think i've ever seen like this is a this is axel rose jerking off in the mirror for 15 years yeah for, <laughs> for 15 years and like in an hour and 10 minutes i don't know how long the fucking actual album is but it's it's mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty long album and it's uh mm -hmm. it's it's full of axel rose patting himself on the back for being axel rose sure and, and also just like ultimately though the songs are boring like no. like there's no reason to listen to these songs no. there's so many better songs now yeah it's like uh, i mean and ultimately the album is i'd say to apply a a, a modern term on it i'd say the album's actually pretty jokerified <laughs> like it is all about his white male grievance and like why the world is bringing him down even though mm. he gets 13 million dollars to spend on a fucking album yeah. All right. So, in crazy thing, mm -hmm. um, in 2016, Guns N' Roses played Coachella, uh -huh. and they played two songs from this album. Mm -hmm. Holy shit! Do you guys want to guess which songs? Uh, better and Shackler's Revenge. No. Better is correct. Better and Sorry. I'm gonna say. Madagascar. This no. I love, this which I is love? the track after Madagascar. Really? That's oh, interesting. I, I my only what. note for that is on that Phantom of the Opera shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it, it, I, I, I say uh, that's the only album where the piano doesn't sound like fucking shit. That's about it. Yeah, uh, it, it's yeah. very yeah, overindulgent. It. It's like an anxiety song. It's like super overwrought. It's a very woe is me. The arrangement isn't bad, but the vocals and the content of the entire song are dumb. And there's no bucket head. Yeah, so I guess there's still something, and it's better to like mine from this album. At least it's I, made it into the Guns N' Roses the set canon. list at one time or another. The Guns N' Roses canon. Canon, thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, they, he was yeah, an ACDC, Axel... but they still don't have a canon, to my knowledge. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, to, about to rock. Uh-huh. Good to tie it back to, to you know, Chris Barnes again. wow okay yeah wow that took me a second (laughs) like couldn't you like put a little i don't know uh, echo on that shit like why didn't you just try to sing like why why i because i i don't know because he's like he has one of the worst like gutturals it's like yeah he's like he's a very bad death metal and i'm like no like you sound like your voice is very burnt out friend like he used to be able to all go that lower. weed smoke, all that Indo smoke, mm. dude. Get on the, get on those space cakes. Mm. Make your throat sound better. Right there, you go. There you go. Gosh, so like, so... let's talk lasting impact here, right? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I mean, obviously this album is considered a failure. Like, like not a lot of people like it. It's not considered to be a classic. Even Guns N' Roses have kind of distanced themselves from it mm. at this point. Guns N' Roses as an institution. Um, so, like, what what do we think is the lasting impact here? Is it just going to be a thing um, that is a joke forever? Or, like, is there going to be some kind of redemption story? Like, are there gonna, is there eventually going to be, like, a, a a documentary about this that shows another side of its creation and its creator? Or are we always going to hate it? I, I don't know. I, I think, like, I think this is going to honestly go down in history as, like, uh, an Ishtar uh, of an album. Like, it only sold. I I don't know if it even actually went platinum. Um, I'm sure it didn't. I mean, it was yeah. 2008. Like, the mm-hmm. music industry was kind of already. I think that was at like the height of the music industry getting the fuck beaten oh, out yeah, of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was height of yeah, like people Kazan, were like Napster, losing their yeah. houses and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's a wasn't a good time to be buying some albums so yeah but i don't even know if people will remember it right because yeah. you know do people even remember the spaghetti incident like those that's for like those those hardcore gnr fans <laughs> right it's, right like i mean you yeah. know appetite for destruction which mm-hmm. is a stone cold classic yeah mm-hmm. and then use your illusion one and two there's tracks were kind of good jokes and like the, the rest of the the pa- you know? the patience ep or whatever whatever what was that called mm-hmm. the acoustic ep uh, yeah, I think that was Patience, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's uh, the song from it. I don't remember if that's what the EP is called, but like that one did really well. People really like that. Yeah, that, I mean, those songs are huge. Yeah. Like, Patience is a enormous song. Real big yeah. song. And like that stuff was that stuff was good. Lies. That's yeah. the uh mm-hmm. that's the album. Yeah. Like that was a that was a, a classic GNR release. You know, I think it was such a big failure that no one's going to talk about it. Which, that unless they bring it up, 
mm-hmm. everyone will just be like, you know what, that didn't exist. Which like works in Axl Rose's favor. So like the the shitty thing about all of this is like he came out on top despite all of this. <laughs> like <laughs> which is kind of amazing. I don't know, you got to hand it to him. Got really lucky. Uh, you know. He still Axl Rose got to be the lead singer of ACDC. Not uh-huh. a, you know, not a lot of people get to do that. Not just one person, but not a lot. <laughs> uh. I was so bummed. There, um, the new ACDC album has Brian Johnson, who you know I'm yeah. happy to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just would have loved one track with Axl, with Axl Rose. That I thought dope. that was kind of cheap. Even, I never like watched any vocals. videos of them playing with him. I, what is that like? Is he's, it? He's fine. He's serviceable. He shows up, and he actually like pretty much nails most of the vocals. I mean, the thing about Brian Johnson is like he's got a pretty good voice, but he only exists in like two octaves of vocal range. Yeah. And that's he's, pretty much. He's, in, even though, he's a shrill man, especially yeah. as he's gotten older. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, real, whereas oof. like like Axl Rose only exists now in two or three octaves of vocal range, but you know he used to exist in like five or six. Like, dude used to have a crazy range. Do you, uh, but he's gotten better. I think that he's actually worked on his vocals and he sings better now than he did back in 2008 when they would play live or, you know, yeah, 2015. For sure, so for sure. it's, it's interesting that he's put in some effort. Maybe he found Jesus or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I, think, I think he just, his IRS kept on bugging him and he's like, all right, I need these kids. <laughs> no, he, he got uh, just like less cut cocaine. Like, you know, mm. once, once he got like um, all of the uh, baby laxative out of his uh, station tube, like his range, like jumped another like one and a half octaves. <laughs> uh you know what's wild acdc entering into their seventh decade active as a band holy shit um which is insane i just 60s? realized that they're almost all dead yeah like <laughs> you know holy what I mean? shit like, Mal- malcolm's dead uh-huh. and angus is literally in his 70s uh-huh. still doing that hop thing uh-huh. you know it's just it, it's wild. It 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 boggles my mind that you just can't stop. Did, but of course, you're ACDC. Yeah. Why would you ever Did, not want to play huge concerts and you know front of adoring fans? So, like I always imagine that when when Angus Young was not playing guitar, he just sits there and chain smokes cigarettes. That's I would just imagine that's all he does. And like I don't know. I mean, I guess he has to have other hobbies, but like. Who knows? He lives in a castle. I know that. That's cool. Yeah, he he owns a castle in like Scotland, I think, something like that. That's pretty sick. I can believe it. Pretty dope. Uh, You know, Bon Scott. He um, he likes his fast cars, his sports cars, and even had a TV show about it. Really? Yeah, got to commodify your your hobbies, I guess. Yeah. But he had been kicked out of ACDC at that point. So he's like, well, I better make a TV show. Really? <laughs> Stay out there. It's the same thing with ACDC. And, I, you know, I think that we're just like dragging things along because we don't want this podcast to end. This is true. You know, it's <laughs> 2021 and, you know, we don't want to deal with our real lives. But like Ozzy Osbourne, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like that last album was terrible. It was mm-hmm. so bad. And it was all about him dying and preparing to die. And 
can't we just let the guy like go to Boca Raton or something? You know, like <laughs> it, go dude, to uh, he got Sharon. He's got Sharon on his back, dude. Just like making yeah. him like pump out these albums. Like oh, I think without Sharon. her, like he would just be chilling. Like I don't think that guy gives a fuck. Like at no, all. he would just be like <laughs> doing drugs and like finding. He would be like trying all of those like two CB and two CA. He would just be finding uh-huh. new drugs to do in his old age. That's all he wants out of life. But instead, he's got Ozzy. Ozzy, you can't do the two CB today. <laughs> I'm I'm recording, and I need you to get me the oob. I forgot how to use the app. <laughs> wow. Ozzy. <laughs> You got me a lift. I wanted an Uber Black. What kind of peasant do you think I am, Ozzy? Wow. He's just trying to play Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, get Ozzy a Twitch, you know? Do that. Oh, my God. Yo, I would. A lot of people, I think, would watch I mean, that. Like, that, I, like, just that dude chilling and being a weirdo, like, is amusing. Like, like, like I. I think he would do great just being like swearing at video games <laughs> that sounds great so i'm wait i'm sorry spencer you and i have talked about this right the 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 most current show that jack osborne and the yeah. osbornes have done mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh if you're aware of this um matt the history one uh the, yeah yeah basically the one where jack shows them like conspiracy videos Oh at, no, I haven't oh, seen yeah, that. No, yeah. I remember um, Jack and Ozzy's like world tour. Oh yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, it was something yeah, different. Yeah, this is um, different. Yeah. So this one's called like uh, um, the Osbournes. Would you believe it or something like that? And uh, really, and basically, it's like eight episodes well, of Jack Osborne showing his parents conspiracy YouTube videos and talking to them about it, which sounds to me, um, uh, uh, like um, what you have to watch in Purgatory. <laughs> Who's given Jack Osborne like television opportunity? Jack Osborne <laughs> has a had great like question. seven like, why? shows. Like besides the Osbournes, like he's had like three History Channel shows. Like Jack Osborne, Adre- Adrenaline Junkie, uh, the one with his dad, the Worldwide Tour or whatever. Like they just keep giving Jack Osborne shows, and I do not understand why. I have not. Wild. I've not seen that guy since the early two thousands. So every time you say Jack Osborne, I think about the weird like new metal kid from the Osborne show. Like that's yeah, now, who I'm thinking of. And I, has, I imagine he's different now. Yeah, right? he's got like he's got like a, a beard and like MS now or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's grown up, but he still looks basically the exact same. Mm-hmm. He just took off the glasses. Yeah, okay. that's about right. No, he just doesn't like look as like early two thousands as he was. Awesome. Yeah. Wild. Anyways, Absolutely. Guns wow. N' Roses Chinese Democracy. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Two buckets down. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I call this one a bucket failure. Yeah. And not due bucket to Buckethead's fail. involvement. No, no. I mean, the Buckethead parts are fine. Um, yeah. He, but, I feel like he elevates the material, honestly. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> Yeah. The rest of it. Yeah. Don't listen to it. 
Not That's good. all right. Um, would you yeah. mind? Or li- listen to better. Yeah, listen I to- like Shackler's Revenge, but you know that's just me. No, uh, yeah. so, so I mean, let, let's give our top tracks because I think okay. all three of us have different top tracks. I think that's true. Yeah, you go first, Brad. Yeah. Uh, I'll say either uh, Raid in the Bedouins is the only like actually rocking uh, GNR track on here. I did like that song, and I did oh. actually like write that down. I wrote a few mm. notes about that song. I was like, this song has an interesting chorus and it and like oh. a neat riff. Like, yeah, it, is... it could have been catchier. Like, yeah. but it is still like it does have the same energy as like Appetite for Destruction, which is basically the only GNR I really like. Um. It's the only thing that has like something unique about it that isn't trying to be a lot more than it really is, which is what I feel like uh, Axl Rose's family crest is, is just trying to be a lot more than he really is. He's just this trash, trashy dude with a real high voice who should just be trashy with a real high voice, but instead he tries to be classy with four vocal tracks going... And it's like, nah, dude, I just want you to do a falsetto about, like, getting a blowjob in a truck stock bathroom. Because <laughs> that's who you yeah. are, and I know you are. Uh-huh. Like, you you wear fucking football jerseys to concerts. You're getting paid, like, $80,000 to play. Like, uh-huh. you're not, like, classy. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, Jethro. Get out of the Beverly Hills. <laughs> Straight up. Get back to the swamp. Straight up. Uh, so, so Raiden the Bedouins, but also like Madagascar, I think is like a direction this album really should have taken, uh, but it just didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's well known here, uh, but yeah, I think Better is a good song, mm-hmm. it, or uh, maybe not a good song. But it's an interesting song, yeah. and uh, I like interesting more than I like the rest of this album. Right. <laughs> so. You know, I'll fair. take it. Uh, the outside of that, uh, uh, what the fuck? Is, I can't remember that song title. Rock in the Bedouins. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. It? Raid, raid in the Bedouins. Raid in the Bedouins. Yeah, that's in the Bedouins, just like Michael Jackson did. Wow. <laughs> the Ben Folds "Rock in the Suburbs" song. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was worth it. I'm glad I said that out loud. Yeah, there's, there's some there's some ben, there's some Ben Folds energy in some parts of this record. Not the good Ben Folds, but you know the phoning it in a lot Ben of brick. Folds. Wow, <laughs> really calling out Brick? I like Brick. I'm, I'm oh no, no, I love Brick. Okay. It's just the, the attitude, right? It's oh, not Brick right. the song. It's the abortion part of Brick yes. that is. Yes, <laughs> it brings the energy. I see that. I see that. Like. You, you you go back and you listen to those Ben Folds hip hop covers, and that has not aged well. Yeah. I mean, at the same <laughs> it's time, like Ben go... Folds saying the n word a bunch of times. You, you go back not and great. Like... <laughs> well, yeah. doesn't he? Doesn't he in the in his like hip hop covers? I, I could you know, be wrong. I've never heard of this before. I I like I've I hear. I don't really seek out Ben Folds all that much. Sure, yeah. Well, I don't run in Ben Folds circles, so I didn't know he had hip hop covers. Well, he did a cover of. Um, Number one, what's that song? Um, bitches ain't shit. Uh, bitches ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. and oh. he just does it like verbatim. So I would imagine that he, I'm pretty sure he does say the n word. Well, yeah, and song. it was probably like 2007 or something when he recorded yeah. that. So it, it was he in, probably yeah, did it totally because yeah, 2005. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah. That sounds like the time. Yeah, 
I'm pretty sure he does, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Yeah, hey, you know, but no one's really heard of Ben Folds anytime <laughs> soon, right? If, if he gets a Twitter account, we'll be hearing about that shit for sure. <laughs> totally. <laughs> if he talks some shit about Chrissy Teigen, then oh my God. people are going to come in for oh, him. Fucking the, the, the John Legend fucking uh, the, the, the horde. They will come for him. Mm-hmm. God, I'm, yeah. afraid, I'm afraid yeah. of them. Uh, I like Shackler's Revenge because it's catchy. I yeah. just I yeah. like a good catchy chorus. And That's just me. I, I bl- and I like Sweet Dreams because I think it's very funny. And I uh-huh. would probably, you know, play that as like a joke, ironic song sometime. And you know, just like really, <laughs> like, I'd like unbutton my shirt like an extra button. You know, I'd like get a wind machine. <laughs> extra melodramatic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sounds good. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. forgot to mention uh, honorable mention to the very first song, "Chinese Democracy," because he says masturbation, uh, and I like that. <laughs> he, That's he great. Does. People need to say masturbation in songs more. And, and also, <laughs> I, I big shout out to Chinese Democracy because it is the opening, you know, titular track on this album, and uh, it is recorded by five different guitarists. I cannot tell you mm-hmm. how much they paid guitarist to record this specific song but the main yeah. riff was written by josh Fries, who does not play guitar and pretty much only plays drums interesting this is pro- th- that song's probably the most profitable thing to happen to guitar players since there was that uh 50 off sale at autozone <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, All right, I got to call it on, on that. That was good. Yeah, that was that was really <laughs> good. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Matt Collins. Yes. We always appreciate hey, you. Yeah, you guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey. Have me back. Yeah. I'll be listening to the show. Have fun. Time, oh, can we uh, can we do uh, an outro with you real quick? Oh yeah. Cool. Sorry. Uh, no, I haven't no done one of those yet. Right. Yes. Um, what are we doing, so, Britt? Uh, this <clears throat> has been Britain, and this has been Spencer, and I've been Matt Collins. You've been listening to Getting Guns and Roses, a, you know, I don't know, cast. Chinese, democracy cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, Chinese, a Chinese democracy cast. Yeah. Yeah. Stay, stay happy, greasy, bucketheads. Happy Chinese New Year. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. If you liked our podcast, or even if you didn't like our podcast, we'd love for you to go please rate and review it over at Apple Podcasts. That's uh, how we get more listeners, and I I don't even know how it works. It's just, I, I was just I was told to do it. Just, just, just fucking do it. Please. 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 Please, God damn it!